Labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. Well, it's going to be interesting. I talked about the favourites so far from the three days at Flemington. We've had just three. Just three successful. Foxy Freedy yesterday, Zardozzi yesterday, and day one, Riff Rocket. No favourite one on Melbourne Cup Day. There's a few shorties here for the last day, including Imperatories at the shortest of the day, as Nicole mentioned. Uh, what is she, about dollar and ninety? Well, thereabouts at the moment, Imperatriz. Let me have a look. Dollar ninety. David Gately is with us to go through his quadrilla numbers and a few best bets. Thanks, Dave. Yes, Champions Day, the final day of the big four days at Flemington, and what a concept this is. I love it. Uh, three uh, exceptional and elite Group One races, and some of the best horses in the country racing at Flemington on Saturday. Well, we need the quaddy, and the first leg is race six, of course, with the nine race card on Champions Day at Flemington. Imperatrice is impossible to tip against what she's been doing. Yes, the straight track's very different to, you know, scooting around the valley, but, I mean, this girl um, has performed on a whole range of track surfaces. Um, she can come from the back. She can be up front, as you saw last time. She runs the time, and, um, gee, she's hard to go against. In secret, though, I'm proven up the straight. Just ran enormous in an Everest. And Bonus Notches is the best roughie for mine. I gave him a hope in the Everest, but it all, nothing went right. He was excellent in his previous two. So, proven up the straight. So, anyway, uh, 872. Hopefully, gets us through the first league uh, on Champions Day. The Miles race two. And Fangirl, I was tipping um, to run very well in a Crocs plate. Had her second pick. And the more I watch that replay, I think she should have won it. She thrashed Mr. Brightside prior to that at 1600. She's been to Flemington. She won the Carbine Club like far left. So, um I think she's a superstar. I think she should have won nine of 11 on dry tracks with even luck, and that includes a Cox Plate. Mr. Brightside uh, is very hard to beat. He never runs poorly. Bloused in a Cox Plate, uh, safely held by Fangirl prior to that, but gets back to Flemington and, and um, he's back in trip 1600. That's his alligator blood. Look, I have to include Pride of Jenny, who did, the, did her Vaux Rogue impersonation last time. 6127 for the wider quad. The champion stakes and West Wind Blows is difficult to go against as well. I mean, his Caulfield Cup run was terrific. Um, beaten by a now Melbourne Cup winner. Um, fastest time in that race, Caulfield Cup since 2007. No shock, the form's been great. And his Turnbull run was enormous. He worked for the first thousand metres and beat everything but Gold Trip. So um, he does come back in trip. Zaki was terrific in the Cox Plate. He worked early in a fast race and was still there swinging 100 out. But he's not done with yet, and he'll get a much softer run here. He's a big danger, and all of a sudden he's a good prize. Jewish Luckless in that same Cox Plate is the other must-include. 419, third league champion stake. The last, Kin resumes. He's pretty smart sort of horse, runs quality last 600 figures. Most times we see her... Benchmark 80 grade suits, drawn out suits late in the carnival. Ray Magnero was an easy win last time um, with weight. Ran a massive last 600 himself, 12 lengths above average. The dancing alone form is now group form. Big danger, just wish he drew wider. Views must have a case if Ray Magnero does. And Anila uh, is next best. I think Zach Boss is the best absolute blowout. Um, so it goes into the wider quaddy. Nine, ten, seven, two, one. Home. 
Quality, our best. I'm going race six, number eight, Imperatrice. Value, race five, number nine, Philosophile, at near double-figure odds, the value play. Best in Sydney, I'm going race five, number 12, Shadows of Love, as our best up there. Thanks, mate. Thanks, David. David Gately. Let's go through his quadrilla numbers. And we start with race six. He's obviously putting Imperatrice on top. Even though there's a few uh, that are willing to risk her a little bit here. That's why you're getting a dollar ninety. So eight, seven, and two in the first leg. Eight, seven, two Imperatriz on top. And in race seven, it's number six, Fangirl from one, two, and seven. Six, one, two, seven. Mr. Brightside going in for second. And then Alligator Blood, Pride of Jenny. Six, one, two, seven in race seven. Race eight, his numbers are four, one, and nine. West Wind Blows is two dollars eighty. Four, one, nine. And in the final race, wraps up the carnival at Flemington. Number 10, Ray. In fact, is it nine? Nine kin from the ten. Nine ten seven two one. So nine ten seven two one and nine kin is four forty. His best Imperatrice six eight and the value is race five, number five at Flemington. And that horse that he spoke about is Thalassophile, 750 and 260. Yeah, Fangirl, uh, it was just a case of she, she's often not the best away. And Zach tried to ride for luck up near the inside, given, you know, they weren't sort of coming wide and winning that day. And I think he was trying to ride a, in a similar manner to Skybird, which won earlier in the day from an impos seemingly impossible position, came up along the fence and things just didn't play out. But I noticed she ran the last, or Fangirl ran the fastest, last 600. Uh, in the Cox Plate, 34.62 home. Michael Maxworthy from the Sky Racing Network is joining us now. How are you, Mike? I'm good, thank you, Steve. We've got a bit of a downpour, I think, uh, between 6 and 6.30 this morning over um, Doombin. So a little bit, uh, little bit more um, in, the, in the gauge there. So we're probably looking at a track, you know, in the sock range perhaps tomorrow. I guess it depends on what happens this afternoon. We, the Bureau are forecasting maybe another shower or two uh, for the rest of the day. Yeah, everything's just so dry, isn't it, Mike? Um, yeah, yeah. More the better, I say, at this stage yeah. anyway. So mm -hmm. where do we start with your specials for Brisbane? Well, race number seven, I've got one that I thought would be a bit of a value runner here, but I noticed that it has taken a bit of a trim in the market. Sabalenka, number 13. Now with Brian Smith, um, formerly trained here at Eagle Farm, and Brian often gets these horses and finds the right race for them, and they usually go very close to winning, and I think that's what's going to happen here with Sabalenka. Last preparation, she won first up at Ipswich. We haven't seen her for a while now, but her barrier trial at Deegan was very good. She ran second there uh, behind Better Get Set, but finished around the likes of Mass Destruction and situation room so a good draw um there's been good early money for sabalenka she could be the uh, the start of uh, the quaddy tomorrow we've got 10 races of course so it kicks the quaddy off it'd be nice to get one up at a round about nine dollars so i think she's a good each way play Seven thirteen. what's the notable that bj worked his magic on as a tried horse many years ago do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> overseas at the time. What was his name? Dickie uh, Ten Blues. Blues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't it. he prove a revelation? Yeah, where did he come from, that horse? Victoria. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And he, but he, he, he won through those cups. He took him to... Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. One of his wins yeah. in Brisbane was one of the easiest wins I've ever seen in probably 30 years one day. Remember that, that one? Right? Yeah, he just mm. eased, throttling down and, yeah. One by a hundred yards. 
Yep, he's very wily. Um, he gets these horses. I mean, a lot of horses, when they go from different stables, and we see we see it online, don't we? Um, just a little bit of a change. And the, the best example is Zarastro. Uh, he was he cost one million and fifty thousand as a um, a yearling being by him invincible, and then I think it was last October at an Inglis online he was knocked down to Tony Gollum Racing for thirty two thousand five hundred. Um, so that's an amazing story, isn't it? That has to be. That has, has to be the bargain of the year, doesn't it? Mm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was actually looking at results yesterday. A lot of the Godolphin horses, Mike, have been sold uh, in the past 24, 48 hours, English Digital, and uh, a couple of them we know, Zethus and a few others. I was going to mention yeah. a couple of them, actually, um, that have ended up in different homes. Yeah, they're, they're hard to improve on because they're sort of born with a silver spoon, aren't they? Yeah, you <laughs> bought Godolphin. one years ago, remember? Oh, yeah, Many years yeah. ago, 30 years yeah. ago, I reckon it would have been. Yeah, it was a terrible decision to buy that horse. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're hard to improve on. But the horses just like change sometimes, you know, like a change of routine, change of feed, change of track work. And you often see them do well once they move around. And keen to see how Sabalenka goes. As I said, um, she did a really good job previously and did win first up last preparation. So... Let's see how she goes tomorrow for BJ. All right. So your Sabalanka there. You mentioned Zarastro. Yep. It's two dollars. Race eight, yeah, number I think, ten. I think the two bucks is about right. I wouldn't be taking any shorter. Um, it's a good quality race to keep now. Uh, listed race. They're going to be a bit more pressure up front. I, I don't know whether the plan is to try and lead with Steady Ready. Extremist likes to be up there handy. So the gallop's going to be reasonable. But I think here he is with fifty-three and a half on his back. He turned in a great barrier trial just to tick over the trial. I think the reason for that trial was he he hasn't raced since he won on the 30th of September, but I think Tony's just brought him back a little bit, a little bit of a fresh enough to have him ready for the summer carnival. And he, he kicks off again tomorrow. It just looks, um, it looks his race on pace, no weight to carry. I think he's... Um, He's a, a one-out job in that second leg of the quaddy race eight, number 10, Zorastro. $2, as we mentioned. And what's the one in race nine or race 10? Yeah, the last. Um, I'm really keen on Starzan here for Kelly Sweeter, and I noticed um, he's into four dollars sixty. Was six fifty about this time yesterday. And I think people are just looking at it, thinking, "Well, I think that was like um, Santa Claus putting the price up there." I just think this lacks a little bit of depth. Right, we've got Sean Goma coming off a, a good win last start, but. That was one of those races that was put on for him. Uh, the horse led Hamlet von Snitzel, really backed it off. Shara Gomar was able to take that second spot, always travelling strongly, and he won it well. But this time he's drawn much more awkwardly at the start, Shara Gomar. I think he's a little bit of a risk if he doesn't get in. If he's got to do it tough, he's going to be a risk. And then I think it falls away a little bit. I've got Zuma California in the mix, and I'm not sure how well he's going at the moment. And... Hamlet von Snitzel I've got into the picture as well and he looks to he, he needs to pull his socks up a little bit so and Storm the Fortress, I don't know what to make of his run last starts. He he was moderate by his standards, but this guy was great first up at Ipswich. I love the way he balanced up and he set out after the leader. Um, that horse has since uh, raced well. I just think it's his race, thirteen fifty second up, nice little gap between runs. If you got the six fifty you were doing quite well. But even at four dollars sixty, I can't see him missing a place in the last race tomorrow. 
Race 10, number three, Stars Am, 440 and 185. Thanks for that, Mike. I'm here for you in the morning with David. Okay. Someone tells me it was David. I must have, uh, he left my, I must have, um, he must have the wrong address. I didn't get the birthday invitation (laughs) to the 60th. Anyway. Yeah, it was a a, a good day and some good stories. I bet there was. I'll tell you about it later. Yes, please. (laughs) There he is, Michael Maxworthy. Yeah, you might want to look at some of those results from English Digital, but that horse, Zethus, 110,000 has gone to Stephen Brown. This is the horse that beat Home Affairs in the Canterbury Stakes and then ran placing degeneration in a man for it as an older horse. It only won three from 18, but exceeding Excel the Sire, five-year-old Zethus, or Zethus, cost uh, just over 100 grand, 110,000. There's a few others. Allegron we know pretty well. He went for 40,000 um, at that English uh, digital situation there with Godolphin passing on a lot of their horses. Uh, can't keep them all. Ray Hickson, Racing New South Wales. How are you, Ray? Yeah, hello, Steve. I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. We are just talking about Antino earlier with Nicole. Just to, This horse is so frustrating, you know, given, you know, if you analyse all these runs, you could argue to say 13 for 13. Yeah, well, he has been unlucky, particularly this preparation, mm. hasn't he? Um, that happens in races, unfortunately. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes tomorrow. Obviously, it's quite short, quite short. Well, it's 1,800 metres for the first time. Mm. Look, I, I feel like his main issue is the inside barrier. Um, I know that might sound strange. No, it doesn't because often he's tardy out. That's right. If he's a little tardy out and a couple of them you know, come across him in front. He, he could find himself buried a little bit further back than is ideal. Um, I mean, I know that's trying to find, you know, trying to find negatives, but that's that's my one concern with him, that, that he, he could just find himself, find that trouble again. Um, but all things being equal, look, I think he is the horse to beat, although I'm, oh, like, I've got him tipped second, just sort of going for a bit of value in that race, but we'll talk about more, more about that tomorrow. Now, your first uh, special th- race, 3-3. Three, three. Spirit Queen, yeah, a horse you've seen a little bit of. Um, joined the Ma Eustace stable this preparation. She was formerly with Steve O'Day and Matthew Hoisted. I thought she was excellent first up on the Kensington track. It was 1,000 metres, which I think is probably just a, a touch sharp for her. But she was really strong late at the end of the 1,000 the there and probably wintered another bound or two. She was a bit of a drifter in betting there, so suggesting there was a little bit of improvement in her. And the way this race looks to set up tomorrow with uh, a couple of uh, noted speedsters like Dollar Magic and Eagle Nest uh, putting on the pace. I think she can land just behind them and hopefully get over the top of them in the last 100 metres. So I think she'll run... Re- I, can't, I can't see her doing anything else but running really well. Um, and I think she's uh, very well placed to go close. So race three, number three, the first one, Steve. All right, $3.70. Then we go over to Call Die, owned by John Singleton, race six. Yeah, she's only won one from 10. And, and look, if you're a weights and measures type of person, you, you're probably suggesting she's a little bit... Well, not not particularly greatly placed here with 57 kilos against, you know, horses with Group 1 form like Royal Murchison, Merchant and Roots who are rated in the hundreds. But I just feel like Nashville is going to take this race by the scruff of the neck. There's no speed here. She's a horse that likes to race on the speed anyway. She might be able to set this race up for herself up in front and be often gone before the the top two in the ratings uh, come out after her. She ran really well at Caulfield last start. I thought she was... Uh, uh, very brave there running third. I thought she was good in the Niverson at 1,200 metres. So back to 14, 
Um, yeah, she gets a good chance here. She's starting to become a little costly in the fact that she has only won one from 10. But I think this is a big opportunity because if you ignore the rating, uh, the horse rating perspective, she's uh, very well placed. Was that one of Singo's exes, Di? Was it, Diane? Possibly. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. <Three, laughs> you have to ask him. Race six, four, $3.10. Race nine, what's uh, the one you like here? Godolphin, is it? Or Darling? Yeah, Godolphin, number, Godolphin, number two, Contemporary. Sorry, number two, uh, sorry, Contemporary's in the last. Number two, Atmosphere. Uh, going to 1,400 metres, I think he's excellent. He was pretty good there first, uh, second up from a spell at Randwick over the 1,200 metres. He, he just hit, hit a flat spot halfway up the straight, but came again late to be beaten three quarters of a length. I think this one sets up really well. Another race where there looks to be you know, one or two horses that will probably t- put on the speed in front of him, and he, he gets a nice little run uh, with Nash on board. So I think he's, he's ready to run a big race here in the second last race nine, number two. Just a quick note that's come through from the stewards regarding race 10. Annabelle Neesham has notified that plundering was found to have sustained lacerations on a hind leg this morning when it was cast in its box and it will undergo a vet's examination in the morning, um, which concerns me a little bit because I did have it on top in the last... Uh, I was tossing up between it and contemporary in the last race, so that would change a few things if plundering happens to come out. It might even change a few things now that that notice has sort of come out. It's not ideal having a little setback the day before the race. But anyway, we'll worry about that in the morning. Race nine, number two, was my third one, Steve. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Steve. Ray Hickson, I'll repeat all that news. 3-3 three, three, Spirit Queen, $3.70, 6-4 Call Die, three ten, and race nine, number two, Atmosphere at $4. And we'll hopefully have that news in the morning, Ray, whether that horse is going to start or not for Annabelle Neesham. Spirit Queen that Ray's selecting is by Spirit of Boom, who stands in Queensland at Eureka. There's a rising star in the West by that sire called Keshi Boom, and I'm hoping to speak to Grant or Alana Williams next week about Keshi Boom. Went past Super Smink the other day like it was glued to the fence, and Super Smink is very, very smart. Admittedly, I will say, Super Smink had four kilos more in weight. This Keshi Boom, $120,000, knee-high to a grasshopper, but, gee, there's an engine there. Keshi Boom winning that Burgess Queen on Cup Day. Ben Scadden, how are you? Yeah, Steve, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Trying to stay cool today. It's 40 degrees. Is it really? Today. you got that pizza yeah, oven on. crazy. <laughs> not today. Definitely not today. <laughs> Let's start with your specials. We move to the third race here, number one, Hellstad at Moffatville. Yeah, putting a bit of heat on the Gordon Richards, Damien Moyle team and Lockie Nindorf jockey. I think um, Hallstatt was really taken by his first up run. He's likely raced, only had the seven starts, but as I said, I thought he was was very good first up, went second behind Foster Street. He was doing some really, really good work late. Um, I think the stable's just on the on the brink of um, stringing together quite a few wins. I feel like the stable's in form at the moment, and I think this bike can be one who can add to that record. He, um, yeah, like the way he finished off. He's drawn wide, but it's it's a small field, so you know that's uh, certainly an advantage. He's got a nice second up record as well. He's uh, won his only second up start. He's raced three times on the parks for a winner, second, and a third. So no issues there. You just think he's a. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he's not right in the finish hall stat. He's a promising horse. 3-1, $3.60. We go to the fourth for your next one. Has this got any gear changes? Birthday suit, <laughs> wearing nothing at all. <laughs> no gear at all for birthday suit. Yeah, she's um, 
She's a, she's an honest mare. This one, look, she does fair to say she doesn't win out of turn. She's had the twenty starts for three wins, eight placings, but looks like Mitch Friedman has um, spotted this race and thought it's a really good target for her. So it's a it's a fifty thousand dollar mares only over fourteen hundred metres. So that's spot on for her. She's drawn beautifully. Barrier four. Um, Todd Panner, one of our top jockeys on board. She's been, been racing really competitively. She was a cheeky winner three starts back then. She was good at Geelong. Then good at good on her home track at Ballarat last time in a in a reasonably strong Phillies and mares race. Um, yeah, I think just the way that this field shapes up, she's a I think she's the she's the best horse in the race. She has got the sixty kilos, admittedly, but um, yeah, I think this look, looks like a really good option for her birthday suit. Four dollars twenty and race six. You're coming up with Bristler. Yeah, very strong race this one. Um, Look, you could certainly have claims for press down, grand host, merchant boss. Um, yeah, plenty of horses with the gov even, plenty of horses with very good form. But look, I think the uh, I think Bristler, this um, girding again from the Gordon Richard Damien Moore stable, is way above average. He's only had the four starts. He's won two and third in the other. Uh, his only unplaced run was was actually his first up run behind Jaripa. But I think that's a Look, that's a strong form race, that race. He did a stack of work and he just got a little bit tired late. I think it will improve significantly on that run. He'll be up near the speed again for sure um, from barrier three with Lockie Nindorf on board. But, yeah, I think he's a, think he's a very good quality horse, uh, Bristler. Uh, I think he'll settle, as I said, settle close to the speed. And, um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if he's not right there at the finish with that run under his belt, Bristler. Six, six, $4.40. I'll chat to you next week, Ben. Good on you, Steve. Thanks very and much. Scadden, try and stay cool there. Gee, I didn't realise it was so hot there. Gee, 40 degrees. So, Morfordville, 3 1 Halstatt, 360, 4 1 birthday suit, 426, 6 Bristler, 440. So, 3 1, 4 1, 6 6 at Morfordville. Colin McNiff is joining us to have a look at Hobart. Good morning to you, Colin. Yeah, good morning, Steve. I chatted yesterday to Duncan about that horse of Siggy Cars that won by 100 yards during the week and ran a bit of time as well. <laughs> yeah, loving Bev. Uh, yeah. From a wide barrier too, it was a really good performance just to, to lead and set a, a pretty hot tempo over 1,400 metres. It was a very impressive winner. This meeting's a Saturday program as well, Colin, here at Hobart, and you like one in the first. Yeah, look, Rocky Eero, uh, speaking of Siggy Cars, she trains and, and rides this. Uh, it's second up. Its first up run was was okay. Look, it is coming back from 1,200 to 1,000, but a smallish field, only nine uh, acceptors for this particular race. It, it did trial nicely before that first up performance. I just think it might just get home over the top of them. It's not an overly strong field. So race one, number one, Rocky Hero. And we're looking towards the feature now, race five, and this is one of the best horses in the state, Colin, one seven from 12. It is, Bella. And uh, Adam was telling me he thinks it's uh, better than it uh, it was when it was first up and won narrowly but impressively in Launceston. So uh, with a couple more weeks under its belt, he's put a bit of speed into the legs. He expects it to uh, to improve on what it did first up and it won nicely there. So I think it wins again, race five, number four, short but sweet. Bello Bow, and tell me about the one here, race six tomorrow. Number three, Shim. Look, this uh, isn't a, a, an overly strong uh, a contest. Uh, we've already got a couple of scratchings. The one and the five come out. It's one, two races. Shim both have been in Hobart, both over twelve hundred. 
It's up to 1,400 metres tomorrow. It's had a couple of runs in from the spell. From barrier 10 or barrier 8, it will come into with the scratchings. I think it'll get back, but it does possess a pretty good finishing burst. And on an each-way basis, I think it might be 6 or 8 to 1. So race 6, number 3, a nice little each-way bet toward the end of the program. And the inevitable, of course, um, he's at weight for age. Yeah. He has run well weight for age in the past, I suppose. But it'd be lovely to see him show a glimpse of some of the runs we saw early in his preparation. Yeah, I think he's suited by Flemington and uh, lovely to have uh, Damien Oliver on board. Wouldn't that be uh, just a nice, fitting little tribute uh, with Ollie riding the, uh, the Tasmanian champ in, in one of his final rides uh, for his career? Thanks, Colin. Cheers. Colin McNiff here, the inevitable in that race with Mr. Brightside Fangirl and Alligator Blood. is $23 and $8 in the, Ken- the Kennedy Champions Mile, race seven at Flemington.